Welcome to the Bleeding Cincy Red Podcast Best Case Worst Case Scenario Edition, where we focus on one player each episode during spring training and discuss what they've done for us in the past and what they will mean to this to this 2018 World Championship team. Who's on the episode today, Robert? In this episode, we'll be talking about Eugenio Suarez. Go Reds! <laughs> So, uh, Eugenio Suarez, uh, he's one of those uh, people that I consider part of the Reds' rebuild, like a direct part of it, uh, because he was part of the Alfredo Simon trade back in 2014, and um, I remember he was a piece that the manager of the Tigers at the time, uh, where we got Suarez from, was really upset about Suarez being included in the deal. And uh, for good reason, because I think he's been a, a great part of the Reds so far. Yeah, he's he's been, I think, one of the most surprising players. Um, I remember when that trade happened, I really didn't think that much about it. To be quite honest, when they traded uh, Simon, uh, I wasn't too bummed about it because I thought he was exceeding his expectations. And I, I did believe in selling high was a good idea. I didn't realize that Suarez had so much upside potential. So when he came back, I just thought, oh, here's here's another, you know, shortstop who's okay with the glove, kind of be a late in the order bat. And uh, I mean, he has done way more than that. His uh, pleasantly surprised is is too small of a term. Um, in this past year in particular, he became so much more patient at the plate. And because of that, had his best season to date um he's only 26 and through his patience and his walks at the plate uh the only player who had more walks than him was the greatest reds hitter who ever lived joey Votto. Mm-hmm. and uh and actually i looked this up because i i didn't realize how big of a jump he made in his patience at the plate and suarez was actually tied for 12th in walks in all of major league baseball uh i believe that the the reds and i mean the the, the data supports all of this, which is the Reds were a great offensive team because not only did they have the greatest Reds hitter who ever lived, Joey Votto, but also uh, Suarez and this breakout season where, you know, he clubbed 26 homers and his 82 RBIs, both of those were career bests. Yeah, and I, I think that he's Suarez has been showing that he's got that at least enough pop in his bat where we can expect 20 plus homers each year now, um, which is cool. But it's really that uh, patience at the plate that you mentioned that's um, such a big deal. I mean, his uh, walk rate increased from uh, 2016. He he walked at a rate of uh, 8.1%. And then he nearly doubled that in 2017 to 13.3%. To where, you know, he's taking those pitches. He's still hitting the home runs, still getting that that power in there. But he's um, 
you know, showing that he can be a major league batter. And, uh, you know, really, when you look at when he first came over to the Reds in 2015, he had sort of a partial season and played pretty good. Seemed to take a step back in 2016, uh, which I think is a natural type of progression for a batter anyways, um, as the major league pitchers start to get more familiar with you. They start to put new things on you. But uh, he showed his ability to adjust in 2017, and that's why I'm so um, optimistic on Suarez uh, long-term. And and he's really uh, showing himself to be a a true professional uh, as a batter. So I wondered, uh, I I was going to get your take on this real quick, Um, talking about that increase in his walk rate, his walk rate percentage. Now, do you believe that... That is a mirage, or do you believe that moving forward, uh, he really has learned things have locked in at the plate, and that's only going to get better? What's your take on that? I, I really think that it, it's uh, not a mirage just because he um, was able to keep it consistent throughout the season. And, um, you know, I, I think I think that, uh, you know, there's a possibility that that does come down a little bit. But, I mean, if, if you're up in the – 10, 12 percent area, you're still uh, doing a great job. Um, And he is showing himself, um, you know, not only with those 20 plus homers, but uh, his OPS uh, being over 800 uh, for multiple seasons now. I think he's showing that he knows how to hit. And I think we're really seeing, you know, I I don't know how much Vado has to do with this, but. I think a lot of times if you play with good players and you get to see how good players approach batting, uh, the people who are really good students of the game or, or of any sport are going to pay attention to their teammates and how they approach things and apply that to their own game. And I think that's really what we're seeing with Suarez is whether Vado is having a direct impact or just that indirect impact of Suarez gets to see his approach every day. Uh, I think we're really seeing uh, that happening with Suarez, and and I, I have nothing but um, optimism for for how he's he's handling things right now. Yeah, you're 100 percent right on this. It was a trick question. This isn't a mirage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real deal. He's found the patience. He's hitting those prime years. I mean, they're coming. He's only 26. I was expected to have a little bit of struggles before then, and uh, this learned discipline at the plate can only help him and will only help him and this team uh, for the foreseeable future. I think it's why he's holding out for a sizable contract, uh, why he's not signing uh, you know, a, a, a small contract extension at this point is because I think he believes in himself and knows that he is the real deal. Well, it's and, interesting, too, because uh, his offense is really uh, catching the eye, but when he came over, his MO was defense, and uh, I think we really saw that part of his game last year as well at third base uh, to the point where, uh, you know, I'm optimistic that uh, he's going to be giving uh, Arenado a run for the, some of those gold gloves uh, in the future at the third base position um, or, you know, shortstop. I mean, I guess maybe that's another question as well that comes up with Suarez is, where do you see him, like, 
two years, like it, say we do, well, here, here's, I guess there's a bunch of questions here because, you know, one, should we sign him to a long-term contract? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And then two, if we do, where do you see him playing on the field, especially with uh, Sinzel coming up, uh, flying through the minors right now? Those are both great questions. And the answer for me is, yes, I work on trying to get a long-term deal locked in with Suarez. I think he is in in the right age group, and I think he is an important cog in this lineup uh, for the next window of opportunity for the Reds um, to compete for a World Series. I, I think when you look up and down the lineup, and I know we, we're covering players uh, throughout this spring training, as you go through the players – I see him as having the most upside of nearly anybody else, and he's proving that. He started proving that last year. Like you said, um, he was he, the career highs and homers and RBIs, the the great patience that he developed. Um, he was, uh, according to Fangraphs, he was the fifth best defensive third baseman in all of baseball last year. So I don't think it's a stretch at all. Uh, when you say that he could cha- challenge Arenado or anyone else for that top spot up there. So signing him long-term, I think, is, should be key for the Reds. Um, I don't want to hand out too many long-term deals, but especially because he's hitting arbitration, I think you can lock him in, maybe buy out a couple of uh, a couple of free agent years and, and do it at, you know, it, it may not you may not get much of a discount, but I think he will pay off over the course of that that thing. The, the second part of your question, which uh, focuses on where will he play, I think this year he ends up at short. Uh, I think this year he probably stays at third base all year. I believe starting in 2019, he will be the Reds' starting shortstop, um, and he will be that for the foreseeable future. My guess is that Jose Peraza, and this is just a guess at this point, while he's tapped to play shortstop right now, he will not pan out and Nick Senzel will force his way into this lineup. Now, Senzel can't really play shortstop. It sounds like he can play both second base and third base, so a lot depends on Scooter Jeanette and, and what kind of season he's having, and, of course, injuries and all that play a factor. Uh, it sounds like they're, they've been testing him in the outfield, although we have a glut of outfielders already with Winker being uh, up and probably up for good. So I have a hard time believing they will shift him over to shortstop mid-year because he has worked so hard. I mean, do you remember two years ago, people were making fun of him for how bad he was at third base and all these errors and everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just a matter of time. We couldn't see it. We weren't patient enough. But it was just a matter of time before he uh, excelled and practiced his craft enough over there to learn that position. So – I don't know if he wants to move back to short. I mean, that may play into things, too. He may be like, I've worked so hard at this. I've become one of the best third basemen in the league. I would really like to stay here. And and I think Brian Price listens to players somewhat. Um, it shouldn't be the be-all, end-all, but I think he listens to him. So, so yes, sign him to a long-term deal if possible. And, uh, two, uh, I see him at third base this year, shortstop in the future. And uh, and really, the, the at 20, you know, it. At 25, 26 years old, he really is just moving into those prime years. So while mm-hmm. it's possible last year was a career year, I find it very unlikely that we're seeing the floor. I I find it very unlikely that we are seeing the ceiling of AUNEO Suarez. I, I think we've seen the floor of what he can right. do. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that uh, 
Well, I mean, you can look at both sides of the plate right now on offense and defense. I'm glad you brought up uh, how 2016, how a lot of fans viewed uh, Suarez feeling, fielding ability. And uh, he worked at that. He worked at the craft. And that's why I think with the patience at the plate, uh, why I feel like that's not an aberration is because I feel like he really is working at the craft of being a baseball player. He's not just showing up and uh, playing. He's I think he's actually one of those uh, rare athletes that not only has the skill and ability, but he also applies that by, by working hard at the craft of improving. And, um, and you know, he's at that young age where I think uh, he is a uh, – he's the type of player you want to build around and that you, you want to have uh, your team built around. I mean, you really look at the lineup right now, and uh, it's, it's hard to see – like I, I like a lot of the players in the lineup. Like I know that the Reds had a bad record last year, but I really like a lot of the the offense, a lot of the different pieces on offense. But uh, uh, Suarez is one of the ones that really sticks out for me as somebody that you can build around, uh, not only because of the offense, but also because of the defense, and also because, uh, like you said, I, I truly believe uh, right now we've seen the floor is. 20 plus home runs and 800 OPS, but I could see him challenging, uh, you know, as a perennial all-star, you know, even making a run at uh, an MVP uh, season. I mean, that's the type of upside I think that's there. Not saying he's going to do it, but that he definitely uh, is. I think he's shown us what the bottom is uh, between the past couple seasons and, uh, he can only go up from there, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, he's he's definitely going to do it. That MVP, that MVP talk is coming. I can tell. <laughs> uh, if you haven't guessed, he is he has become one of my top two to three favorite Reds players on this team, and he has a, a a chance to really secure that number two spot this year with another great season and to continue to play. The, I, I was trying to look for uh, any downside. Like, what was the downside of Suarez? Because I kept seeing, you know, setting career highs for this. He's doing everything better. And the only real rub I could find on him was his high strikeout rate. Uh, only uh, Adam Duvall clocked in with more Ks last year on the Reds. But because of the strength of everything else that he did and the patience, his on-base percentage was up and his power numbers were, were up. And his defense was up. So it's hard to knock a guy for failing in one category because not everyone can be Joey Votto. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm with you. I think the sky's the limit for Suarez. Plus, he's, he's also become one of my favorites mainly because uh, I can't pronounce his name correctly, I don't think. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I taught my daughter to say his first name is Auenia, which I, I don't think is correct. But the way my daughters say it is so funny. Now my youngest, uh, she, whenever he comes to play, she's like, hey, it's A-U-N-E-O. And she always <laughs> says it like that, and it cracks me up. So because of that, he's he's definitely one of my favorites uh, these days. So anyway, all right. What do you have for uh, your best case scenario, worst case scenario? All right. Well, I'll start off with the worst case. Uh, the worst case, I think, is you know that he regresses to his 2016 numbers. I really don't think that's going to happen, but... Uh, I think that really is the worst case, and you know if that happens, then uh, we'll, we'll just have to go from there. But 
he's still serviceable at that. I really don't see him doing worse than 2016. I don't even see him getting back down to those numbers, though. Uh, best case is that he continues to take another step forward. Uh, he joins that 30 home runs club that uh, Duvall and uh, Shebler and Votto were in last year. Um, and that he uh, gets that gold glove uh, from Arenado and uh, represents the Reds at uh, third base on the, the team. So... Uh, that's my best case for him. Yeah, we're not too far off on this one. Even even when we disagree sometimes, not not on Suarez. I have, uh, for best case scenario, he continues his patience at the plate, challenging to enter the 100-walk club, um, gets to that 30-homer mark this year. I think that will happen this year. Um, he cements himself as the second-best player on this team behind the greatest Reds hitter who ever lived, Joey Votto. And he also makes his first-ever All-Star team and – when the time is needed, because he is unselfish and that good, he moves to the shortstop position to make way for Nixon Zell, and the two will rule that side of the diamond for years to come. That's best case scenario. Off the worst case scenario, I'm with you. Maybe his patience phased just a little bit, and he can't get those strikeouts under control. And maybe his numbers dip, uh, the homers and RBIs, but I mean... I, when I say dip, I mean goes from 26 homers to 24 homers. You know what I mean? I just can't yeah. see it. Uh, I just see the dips being ever so slightly. And that really his worst case is still probably better than the season that he had last year. Anyway, thanks to everybody out there for listening today. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes and share with your friends whenever possible. And stay tuned for more of the Bleeding Cincy Red podcast, Best Case, Worst Case Scenario Spring Training Edition, where we focus on different players on the Reds roster for 2018. And a special thanks to our all-time favorite Red, Barry Larkin, for listening. I'm sure he's tuned in somewhere. 